0: Podcast with your hosts Stan and Nick Braccia. Welcome to the MMA Geeks Sealable Podcast. This is your host, Stan Drive, my co-host, the Mickey Gal to my CM puck, Nick Braccia. Nikolai Mickey Gal, I assume, is the exact reason why people will be tuning in to watch this weekend's UFC Fight Night, which is main evented by Rob Font and Jose Aldo. What do you think, Nick? Is that the one?
1: Yeah, I think everyone's tuning in for uh, the Punk Killer.
0: He's got one of the best wins in pro wrestling, no. Nick.
1: Um, yeah, it's, a, it's not a bad card, like leading up to a big pay-per-view card. It's definitely better than last week's, although last week's card, which we didn't report on, had a, had a few notable performances I think are worth us talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got to talk about Caitlin Vera if only for a second, right? Like, she had a five-round uh, unanimous decision win over Misha Tate. I thought it was fairly competitive, but Vera was just landing the bigger shots, and Tate, as much as uh, her striking looked uh, okay, uh, better, as much as her kicking game was a- actually going for once in her career, uh, wasn't really able to land with power. With oomph, she was concerned about yeah, going if- in. She was hittable. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, Misha's a she's a. She's a tough fighter. She's, re- I mean, she's really tough. She's a, she's a former champion, and she's got, uh, she's got no quit in her. Great composure. But the fact of the matter is, she's still, she's from a, an earlier era, and she is a, she is a terrific grappler. But if she's against a big woman who has um, good takedown defense and is a pure striker, like she's gonna, she's gonna run into trouble uh most time and she was not she was not able to bring the fight where she wanted to as often as she had to and Vieira and C- and caitlin Vieira pulled away it was very it was it was interesting and close for the first two and a half rounds but the the punishment the punishment uh got up yep and despite tate being in, tr- in what appears to be tremendous physical condition you get tired trying to take down a big strong person like that while getting punched in the face so she didn't have she didn't have a lot on her attempts uh later in the fight
0: yeah I think that Misha Tate's offensive striking game has overall improved not much snap to her punches but that honestly describes most MMA fighters she did however make improvements right not defensively unfortunately she will still take plenty of shots and we saw it with the damage she wore um against Caitlin Vera who's like a big big fighter at that 135 pound division she's as big as it gets and this is the kind of win that can put her on the map again after a little bit of a skid there where she wasn't able to stay consistent. Sean Brady picked up a pretty impressive win over Michael Chiesa. Nikolai, Sean Brady is like when he needs to be. He'll be the sponge. He will be the blanket. He will outstrike, you know, a guy that's not comfortable striking. But he did outclass essentially Chiesa for at least those first two rounds
1: on the ground. For the first two rounds, but there are, are some signs. He got, he, you know, he didn't look like the winner at the end of that third round. Chiesa, uh, KS had banged him up quite a bit, and he got really tired. And the the question is, and listen, Michael Kass is, is a very very good fighter who, who occasionally snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. Sometimes he's a slow starter. Sometimes even though he's a submission expert, he leaves his neck out there. Um, but he's a he's a good you know he's a he's a good fighter. He's a pro, and uh, you know a a fringe top ten guy in a very uh, in a very difficult uh, in a very difficult uh, division. The question for Brady now is okay you beat you beat an extremely capable guy who has some good wins, um, but like his next fight he should be at the top of the card and it's going to be a five rounder and he's not a big finisher uh necessarily, so what's gonna what's gonna happen in those championship rounds? That's the next question for the undefeated Sean Brady.
0: Yeah, I also wouldn't mind if the UFC didn't necessarily headline with him yet. They could put him on a pay-per-view main card or the prelim main event of the pay-per-view card. Um, He can kind of hold that place against maybe a veteran with a bit of a name, but I I don't necessarily think he's going to head right into a five-round fight, but you're right. like Slowing down a bit in that uh, third round is a sign, but Kid's 15-0. A lot. Uh, No, sure, but he's 15-0. He dominated in those first two rounds, and if you're going to put forth the kind of effort that it takes to dominate Kiesa, yeah, you, you might get, you get winded to some extent. I think this will at least partially be a lesson to him. He actually beat a former training partner of mine uh, in the fourth round just prior. That was the win that kind of made him UFC ready, according to the UFC, I guess. So uh, he beat him, um, he beat Tajadil Abdul-Hakim at 336 in the fourth, right? So like he does have some gas tank, and granted, that was a fight that maybe he controlled for the most part. Um this is you know this is a scenario in which he got some resistance. I still think there's big things to expect from him. He's just so short man. He's incredibly strong and every opponent says that about him even his training partners, right? Um the way that Paul uh, Felder speaks of him. It's just like he just grabs a hold of me and I have no control. Like he just does whatever he wants, right? The guy is a serious grappler and is putting his striking game together, but his defense isn't where it could be. Uh, anything else worth discussing on this card, Nick? Anything else to? to no, I just here?
1: say the right the right next fight for him is going to be the winner of Stephen Thompson Bilal Muhammad. Oh, that's um, big.
0: I think Bilal Muhammad, th- win or lose, makes a lot of sense for him. Stephen Thompson, in my opinion, is a bit too uh, is a bit too much to ask for at this point in his career. But you know what? If he loses, he loses. It'll I be. I mean, they're all right cost. on top
1: of one another in the rankings. But um, yeah, I mean, there ain't there's nowhere to go but up unless you unless he wants to fight guys behind him.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you're absolutely uh, right.
0: That's fair. Um, he's so otherwise, other, on, on the, the card, closer.
1: You know, we've seen uh, Joanne Calderwood now. Now Joanne Wood uh, married to her coach or the coach at Syndicate. Um, she had a, a bit of a, a period where she was looking, uh, where she was looking better. And then the last couple uh, fights, you know, she got that. I think she got that split decision victory against Lauren Murphy, right? It was and a then loss. they put her in with. I'm oh, sorry, I lost. She lost yep. uh, that fight. Um, she won against Jessica Ai, uh early this year. And then in the middle of the year, she lost a very close fight to Lauren Murphy that I, I remember having scored for her. But Santos just, she knocked. You don't see um, at 125. Like women is is tough, and with a striking background like like Joanne Wood, get dropped by hooks like that. Like she got early in the fight, she got she could not she could not roll with the power of uh, of Santos. So Santos is a she's a problem. She's got um, Talia Santos has some real pop in her shots, and she landed with such with such a thud that it it makes me wonder if she can chin check anyone in the division.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Talia Santos is seemingly something special. Wood just didn't have anything really for her. Like the speed advantage went to Talia, the power advantage. Uh, she was able to execute uh, uh, from on the ground. She was able to execute standing, right? Like everything she's had essentially her way. It was a dominant performance. Really impressive for a girl who, let's remember, when she made her UFC debut, lost to Mara Barella, who was like, maybe maybe that was her only win or one of Barella's only two wins in the UFC. So really, as... as crossed a lot of strides since she made her debut and maybe it was a mental lapse in that first UFC fight for her but outside of that Nick a special shout out to Adrian Yanez really impressive showing us Davy Grant and Zabatini, another serious prospect who picked up a really really decisive win over Tucker Lutz uh, really good prospect I think uh, between those two coming out of that card. Nick let's you and I uh, should we just take a break come back and break down UFC fight night
1: yeah sounds good to me
0: let's do it man we got Font versus Aldo to break down Back on the MMA Geeks Seal of a Podcast for the MMA Geeks Draft, we are going to break down UFC Fight Night Aldo versus Font. This is a pretty interesting five-round main event, Nikolai. And overall, I'd say the card has like some serious prospects. It has some, uh, a lot of fights actually that should go either one way or the other, kind of hard, right? There won't be, I don't think there will be eight close decisions in this one and and so i'm, I'm kind of curious to see how all of this plays out man what are your thoughts on rob font versus jose aldo like a pretty big step up for rob font and he's been kind of going along this track and aldo this is put up or shut up time right either uh either he lets this one go and he has no hopes of another title shot or he wins this and maybe he maybe he can pull it off
1: yeah i mean i don't necessarily need to see aldo fight for the title again
0: um seems to be what he's aiming for but i mean it's a fair point i don't need to see him fight young
1: Oh uh, yeah, no, we saw that. We saw that movie. It's not going to end any differently. But he's still tough. I mean, Rob this is a true gatekeeper fight and Aldo is still really really good. The question is how good is Rob Font? Um and he's he's looked, you know, he's looked terrific, fight, you know, fighting out, but so did his training partner um Calvin uh, Qatar until he ran into Max Holloway. Right. So it's it's a really it's a really interesting challenge, but this is all about Rob Font. Like Jose Aldo is no one wants to see Jose Aldo fight Peter Yan again. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, who knows? Did he? I, I'm not sure if he. I think he took that fight on short notice. Maybe I'm mistaken. But who knows? Maybe this version of him that's training with the Brazilian Navy, maybe, maybe has a better shot against the the boxer. But uh, we have a lot to get into. <sighs> and you know what? I will say one thing. Stylistically, right? Rob Font mainly a boxer. Uh, so is um uh, so is the Russian champion, right? Brazil Presum- interim champ technically. Presumably, this is good practice for Aldo, right? If he can come through this with a win. Maybe, it's good practice, maybe but as a good
1: shot. as as good at as he is. Peter Jan's fight IQ is insane. His ability to make adjustments is incredible. His defense after the first round, and um, and his ability to cut angles and create opportunities. He's, I mean, he's a lot. And to, he he seems a lot like Volkanovski to me. He's just so smart. He's mastered the inches, and he's just he's just tough as nails. Um, so, you know. I don't know. Even if, even if Aldo wins this fight, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think that the old man, who's not that old, has anything, uh, has anything to give the current champ, who I really believe is um, one of the very few best in the business right now, as Aldo was 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm largely there with you, Nikolai. Uh, let's get right into it. So as of now, the tally is one twenty three for me, one thirteen for you, Nick. Congratulations, you you got a point more than I did in the last event that we broke down, which brings us from an eleven point difference to ten. Uh, keep plugging away, my friend. I think uh, I think any one of these events, Nick, the tide could turn. Uh, yeah, it's there's my only was first...
1: <laughs> oh. that oh, only a few left in the year. Yeah, you're not kidding.
0: Um, my first pick, Nikolai, this week will be. In the matchup between Brendan Allen and Chris Curtis, Curtis showed like durability and knockout power in his UFC debut. He scored like the finish after getting handled by Phil Hollis for a few minutes. Just clocked him with the right hand and it was over. He's now on a six-fight winning streak, uh, competed at 170, 185, and 205 pounds in the last four fights. So really all over the place, but not a very big middleweight by any means. Allen has a serious submission game. Pretty good offensive striking. He's super hittable, has almost no defense, and not very good wrestling to get it into the ground zone where he's really good. Uh, he has some pretty name, pretty impressive uh, names on his win list so far, guys like Kevin Holland, Tom Brees, Kyle Dacus, and Punaheli Suriano. So these are like really high-level uh, prospects that he's knocking off the handle, and he's one of the first to do it to some of these guys. Uh, in the case of Holland, I think it was Holland's uh, first like decisive loss in the UFC, so he, he submitted him. Lost to Sean Strickland in a fight where he was outgunned and standing and couldn't really get the takedowns. Um, I, I, if I get it, if if Allen can get a takedown, I think the fight could be over soon after. But if his wrestling continues to suck, he should be able to land more on the feet. And given his kind of height advantage, he might even take less damage than usual. I think Allen's going to use the long range strikes to win a decision if he doesn't get takedowns.
1: Huh. This was going to be my first pick, but on the other side, I was going to go with with Chris Curtis no as the, as an, for the underdog points. Wow. Uh, mostly because I just, I feel like when guys are coming back, you know, he had that, he had that shocking knockout. He's, he's riding high right now. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, so I, I, and, and Brendan Allen's been touched before. I don't think Chris Curtis's power is substantially less than Sean Strickland's. And over three rounds, I just I won't be surprised if Chris Curtis lands. I don't know if I would pick him if it wasn't for the getting the points. Right. But Makes I was going to try. You, you actually ended up blocking me here, even though that that probably wasn't your initial plan.
0: No, definitely wasn't my plan. Um, I didn't necessarily expect you to value this one as high as I did. But here's the thing about Brendan Allen: he took a lot, a lot, a lot of shots from a super high-paced boxer, in that one loss in the UFC. Right. Whereas Chris Curtis is not very high output he has power but that kind of power doesn't stun brendan allen for brendan allen it was just like he's so hittable that you land 200 strikes on him in two rounds you're probably going to finish him right he's a human being still so uh i don't know that curtis has has that kind of output but i i commend you for taking a flyer on him or being ready to at least what's your but i I
1: didn't because you you blocked it so you were going to pick it
0: soon anyway right you were going to pick it first
1: yeah, I was gonna pick it first. Um, All right. Prompt. So, first, so you probably to say you probably save me a loss, and instead, I'm gonna get this victory um, because I'm gonna go with uh, the big man, the professional, um, the Russian fighter Azamat Merzakhanov, um, coming off a contender series win. Uh, I'm gonna um, just like just last month. I think he missed a bit of time for some Musada issues after his his wins in Brave. But he's going up against the heavyweight uh, Jared uh, Vandera, who I really just think is on the very, very fringe of being a UFC level heavyweight. And the heavyweight division is traditionally the weakest um, as you get when, when you get outside of that top ten. And I I just think that what we've seen um, from Mirza Konov, uh at a at a I mean I can't say at a high level because he hasn't been really in the UFC yet, but I just I think this has got this guy's got a much much higher uh, upside than the than the Dan Henderson fighter.
0: Yeah, I am less, probably less confident than you, if by a bit. But I do think Jared Vandera like really high output striking, and he's got the gas tank to keep going unless you put serious damage on him. But Azamat, I think like he's not going to be able to run circles around him standing. Is I guess what I'm saying, but. Azamat does have the wrestling, and Bandera has struggled in that department before. So if Azamat is able to get top position, you know, we're talking about a different fight. If he can put some damage on Bandera, he could uh, possibly even finish him uh, if if uh, Bandera isn't able to make it to the scorecards. But Bandera is coming off a loss to like a legit brute, probably on a different level from Azamat and Romanov. Uh, so, you know, maybe you should get a little more credit in this one, at least odds-wise. I'm going to make as my next picnic in the Alex Morono-Mickey Gal matchup. Um, Gal is a good grappler with a hard right hand. Not much conditioning. Once the fight kind of turns against him, not very athletic and striking def- defense isn't great. Morono's got a. I think he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Although he's not like an expert there, he's pretty good. He's a high output striker. Has kind of a traditional martial arts background. Morono is is I think going to have the edge here. He's going to overwhelm Gal after oh, yeah. possibly a semi competitive first round. So yeah, uh, I, I like this. I like Morono. I also think uh, he's I,
1: a, I really I really wanted this pick. So I'm pissed yeah. at
0: you. Uh, I, I would have probably made this pick before uh, the uh, Azamat pick, but Azamat wasn't too far behind for me. What's your next pick, Bud?
1: Oh, oh, oh. Let's go with um, I like I like uh, Jimmy Crute against uh, Jamal Hill. Um, you might have this one further down, but this is one of those fights that I think is going to be close, but that I feel pretty strongly about the outcome. Just because I think Jimmy Crute has more paths to victory, I think he's, um, I think he's a bit, I think he's a bit tougher. I think he's a bit um, smarter and tighter of, of an MMA fighter, and I, I, I just think Crute's got, um, I think he's got a better chance of either knocking out or, or submitting Hill. I just don't see Hill's like athleticism um, being able to get the job done in the first, and I see Crute taking over the fight in the first minutes of the second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky. Like, I really am still a believer in uh, in Jamal Hill. I, I think he's a really talented guy. He's got really sharp, uh, mostly southpaw striking, but he switches. But, like, he's got a process, man. He's got levels to his game. He sets things up. He's got power. He's fast. He, he has snap in his punches, right? He's got a lot of those intangibles. Pretty good takedown defense. Pretty athletic. Um, not for his ground game, but he claims to be really good there. He obviously made a big kind of fighter Q mistake in his last fight in uh, going to the ground with Paul Craig the way that he did, avoided the takedown, but then just like got his arm stuck again and again before uh, he basically got it dislocated, right? So his first loss period, his first loss in the UFC, I, I I do think like the takedowns might be an option. I I guess I'll agree with you by a close margin, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in Hill. I, I think the takedowns are going to be what might trouble him or maybe him being held up against the fence in this one. So I, I think I think you're probably right, um, but not a whole lot of confidence in this one. I'm a little bit surprised you picked it as early as you did, but I'll edge crew two. My next one is going to be in the Jake Matthews Jeremiah Wells matchup. Wells is like pretty dangerous early. He's like pretty explosive wings, big shots, and has power. But I think Jake Mac- Matthews has the maturity, the experience. He's fought really high level guys and only loses to like the 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 best fucking of the best essentially, right? Top like eight level competition. Um, and even in that case, in, top, in the top ten, he's able to beat some of those guys. So I like Jake Matthews to make it through a couple of minutes before Wells is exhausted and uh, Matthews dominates. By the way, Matthews at minus one eighty—a uh, great parlay pick uh, along with a guy like Alex Morono. There's some uh,
1: value there, I think. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Brian Barbarina against uh, Darian Weeks, but I'm not—I'm not super confident because, I mean, you know, Weeks. Weeks is a guy that's taken boxing fights. It's really, I don't know how Barbarina's knees are, but if Barbarina can can wrestle, if he does what he knows how to do, and chooses to wrestle in this fight, um, I think he should. I think that he should be uh, he should be okay. But I mean, he's a fifty, he's a fifteen and eight fighter. He only has one win, uh, well, two, you know, two wins since uh, the end of twenty seventeen. Um, and if he stands and try, tries to make this into a, a boxing match, he's, he's going to get in a little bit of trouble. His fight IQ hasn't been great lately. He goes, he ends up being exciting. He's tough. He fa- kind of fall on a shield or go out on a shield kind of guy, but he should have the, he should have the mixed martial arts skills, um, to win this fight, to get it to the ground and to choke out Darian Weeks. So we'll see what happens. So
0: here's the thing. Darian is only five and and0 as a pro but he's a 20-3 and combined with his amateur record. He replaced Matt Brown on pretty short notice, so maybe that's another strike against him, but he was kind of scheduled to compete on Contender Series in September, and COVID protocols pulled him out, and I'm assuming he stayed in shape expecting a last-minute call-out, whether it be for Contender Series or the UFC. He's got this varied kicking game, solid boxing, fast and athletic, good takedown defense. Um, Barbonero might be on a bad streak. He might be past his prime, but the grit and experience coupled with his... Kind of high output style. It's exactly the right kind of recipe to beat a short notice rookie. But since Weeks had his contender series fight, uh, it's kind of booked, and I think he's been training for this call up. I'm gonna I'm gonna edge his way, man. This is gonna be super super fun to watch. But I'm taking a flyer on the uh, newcomer underdog neck. I think guys got some real talent. He could be a problem for some guys in the UFC unless you know unless we find out he has no heart or something. My next pick is going to be. Manel Kopp over Zelgas Zumagulov. Zalgus is like a overall varied fighter. Um, decent striking, pretty high output, um, decent takedowns when he needs to. Not the best takedown defense, but he tends to get up eventually. And he's not very athletic or very strong for the division. But cop, super sharp, man. Got high-level skills, got knockout power, very athletic. But he sometimes just is super timid and doesn't put the numbers out there. If he's learned from his mistakes in his first couple UFC fights uh, and and really picks up the offense... I expect him to uh, be able to w- pick up a win here so I like I got Manil cop by likely a decision if he doesn't land something big
1: yep I have a uh, I have cop as well so let me mark that down for you oh boy now we're getting into the interesting territory yep the, the, the fight, I'm gonna jeez all right I'll take I'm gonna take the main event I just I think that Joe's if Jose Aldo can't get Font out of there, um, you know, by the end of the second round, I just, I don't think he's a guy that can win three, four and five against this level of competition uh, anymore. So I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Rob Font, who will probably drop the first two rounds. And, uh, you know, subsequent to that, I mean, Al, you know, Aldo looked good against Pedro Munoz three round fight. Like, the five the five round fights have not uh, have not been his friend uh, for a little while now.
0: That is that is fair, but I do have to say this: he fought Peter Yan. Everybody gets exhausted and broken down by Peter Yan, right? It's not an unusual thing. He yeah. fought Balkanovsky. Tired wasn't really the yeah, reason. That was a, that, that was
1: fight. a three round fight, wasn't it?
0: Uh, you're right. It was, it was a three rounder, but tired wasn't a factor, as I, as I guess what I'm saying against well, yeah, Rice, it was a
1: three round fight, but the Holloway fights, it was.
0: Yes, Holloway with his extreme high output. You're right, but Holloway's Holloway, Volkanovski's Volkanovski. Right, these are the only two people to truly outskill. I'm sorry, Peter Yan is another one. These are like pound for pound top five material. All three of them, right? So like, I mean, other the,
1: gu- other guys have outworked him late in the rounds. I mean, Frankie Edgar won late, won you know fourth and fifth rounds against Aldo.
0: No, that is true, and, and I can see that. But the thing about Frankie Edgar also is he's high output. Rob Font is not. Rob Font is mostly a boxer, although he's been playing with a lot more kicks lately. Um, but but Aldo like will be ready for his boxing, right? He's at a slight reach and height disadvantage, but Aldo's not a small bantamweight, right? Rob Font's a big mofo for 135. Aldo's a big dude for that division as well. I think Aldo is going to be sharper for a few rounds. I've seen Rob Font mentally break in fights, right? I've seen Aldo. Yeah, but it's been a while. True, but he has that in him. Against Rafael Sanchez, uh, a counter pressure Brazilian fighter, against Pedro Munoz, an aggressive Brazilian uh, fighter. Right, these are guys with really good ground games, where uh, Font doesn't have like that exit strategy of like shoot for a takedown, like he, uh, or or get get your yeah. way back up I mean, easily. He yeah, doesn't three have that Yeah,
1: three or four years ago, sure, but. I mean Rick but Ricky Simone and Cody Garbaran have are are very tough opponents.
0: No doubt about that it. Ricky, he's fought, more, Ricky that Simone, he's fought more recently. No, you're you're absolutely right. Ricky Simone is particularly impressive.
1: Um, and a good scrambler and a good yeah, I yes, mean he's yeah, a challenge. Absolutely. But,
0: but Ricky Simone is not anywhere close to Jose Aldo, right? We're talking different leagues here. no well, I'm just talking about in terms a- of
1: uh, of problems having specific problems for font with him being a scrambler and a takedown guy.
0: No, I, I do. I do hear that, but there's more with a Sunset on Pedro Munoz. Munoz it was pressure and Jose Aldo doesn't pressure to be fair, but I do think he's going to be the sharper man. Like you said, in the first few rounds and as much as like Ralph font is going to be throwing plenty of jabs, he might land some of those jabs. I see the opening on Aldo. He, He can, I, I think he's capable of taking jabs, except I'm sure he's prepared for this specifically. He's, Training with uh, the Brazilian Navy, right? Which is essentially a boxing team. So he's working specifically on his hands. On top of that, he has the uh, excellent wrestling. He's got the wrestling advantage against Rafa, who does not have good wrestling defense. He does get up well, but I don't know if he can do that against Aldo so easily. Rafon is a younger man. He's only a year younger. He doesn't have as many miles on him, but he doesn't have nearly the experience. He doesn't have nearly the well-rounded game. I think Jose Aldo, there's real value on him as an underdog here. I, I would definitely recommend a bet. I would be super confident this was a if this was a three-round fight. So I'm not like super sure. That's why I haven't picked this fight. But man, I've got Jose Aldo in this one, and I'm and I'll be rooting for him too. I've seen Rob Font break before against a guy like a Sunsao who has a fraction of Jose Aldo's skills, uh standing up at least. And and I think Jose Aldo breaks him before Font is able to take over, really. Uh, not that he necessarily finishes him. Font kind of goes into uh, survival mode. Um, my pick. You know, you sound like you sound like Who?
1: fucking um Rutger It's like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. <laughs> I've seen Rob Font break, where sea have... beams glitter in the dark near the <laughs> ten thousand Do I have and that all those poetic will cadence? Be lost in time, like tears in rain.
0: That that is wow. That is quite a compliment, Nick. That is. Poetic as hell, and,
1: and frankly, the Rob fact Vaughan that you remember break.
0: this word for word is fascinating. Yeah, but I've seen him break, man. It's hard to trust in him. See Knowing
1: word for word, I fucking googled it when I heard you sound. Oh, like I see. It. That's why you, I was like, man, this
0: man just knows this shit from the from the uh, from the
1: cuff. Okay, just get get on with your pick, you melodramatic yes.
0: I'm not that. I think you're more dramatic than I am, but we can uh, we can agree to disagree. I am not. <laughs> and my next pick, Nicola, If you're done overreacting, yep. goddamn it. You're going to behave yourself. I'm trying to figure out I'm stalling really is what it is. I think I'm going to take, you took that rough fun fight. I guess I'm going to take Leonardo Santos over Clay Guida. I'm probably going to regret this. Uh, Guida has like, he's the shorter man significantly in this matchup, like four or five inches shorter. He is not the best, the better striker in the matchup. He's not the better grappler in the matchup. He's the better wrestler, but Santos has good wrestling defense, right? Santos should be able to ping at him early on. Um, the way that Santos lost his last UFC fight was against um, Grant Dawson. It was um, was because Dawson basically is relentless, has great conditioning, and came on really strong late and just laid the ground pound on him, beat him with the second left. I don't like uh, the chances of this kind of thing happening in this matchup, right? Clay Guido is not a finisher as much as he can overwhelm and do well in the third round. He's probably not going to finish. Leonardo Santos should have the first two rounds, if not as a, uh, if not a finish before uh, he loses the decision. So I, I expect uh, Santos to pick up a win here.
1: Um, I'm with you on that. I think the combine isn't the combined age of these guys like 84 or something. Um,
0: uh, it probably is. Santos is like a one year so,
1: fighter, but yes. I'm going to go with uh, the fighters' fight the fight fans fight on this card. And I really don't want to see either of these guys lose. I'm actually going to pick the underdog, Brad, Brad Riddell. I love the both, but I'm going to pick Brad Riddell to probably win a decision over Rafael Rafael, uh, Fizia. Is he a Rafael or Rafael?
0: I think he's Rafael. He's not Brazilian.
1: (laughs) Cause he's, yeah. (laughs) Rafael. Um, (laughs) He, uh, I, they're both so, so good. I just think that, I think that Riddell's, from what we've seen in his fights he seems to me to have a slightly more complete MMA game and he carries a, and he carries less muscle mass. I think over three rounds, he might end up being a tiny bit quicker, but it's more, I can see him maybe getting a takedown. I could see him uh, doing some good stuff against the cage. Uh, I just think, I think he's trickier in the sport of MMA. If this was a kick, a straight kickboxing fight, I think I'd pick I'd pick Fiziev. I just feel like that Riddell has a couple more wrinkles to his game.
0: So here's the thing: both are known for transitioning to MMA after successful kickboxing careers, right? Both ten and in MMA, both won their last four UFC fights, both trained in Thailand together years ago. Sounds like Riddell was the kickboxing coach at I think it was Phuket Top Team, and Fiziev took over that role at some point. Uh, but there's some overlap, and they trained together. They should be pretty familiar with each other's styles, and uh, it sounds like they the important of friendship. Fazeev is going to be faster early, but he's going to slow down by the third round, which is when Riddell is at his strongest. So Fazeev should win the first round, and Riddell almost certainly should be winning the third round. Barring a random like knockout shot, I think the second round should decide this fight, and that should be the closest round as Fazev starts to kind of wind down and Riddell's consistency starts to win out. Um, Faziev will be the better wrestler, but he doesn't have the control to keep it on the ground. Riddell, who has really uh, kind of good get-ups from bottom position, I can see him getting takedowns in the first half of the fight, if only to score points. But again, that explosiveness is only going to tax him all the more. He's not the type to like get tired and stop trying, right? He'll still push 100% of what his body is capable of. But I think Riddell is the kind of guy who's going to take over in response to that. I think because Riddell should have a better second half of the second round. Um, and should finish strong there despite how close it is uh, i i think for that reason i'm going to edge toward Riddell. but man like this would been this would have been one of my last uh pick or two had i been given the choice i'm going to pick from the pitolo todorovic uh matchup nick this is an interesting one because like todorovic was 10 and 0 um uh, you know, And then he suddenly ran into uh, Ponegeles, Soriano and Gregory Rodriguez, and now he's on a two-fight skid, right? Patolo can look good against anyone in the first round, but shortly after, the wheels kind of fall off. He gets tired, and I think he panics when he gets tired. Um, he's got good offensive boxing and mixes in kicks well. Good offensive and defensive wrestling. Decent top game, but again, like when he starts to get tired, th- that's where everything falls apart. I think Todorovic is just pressure nonstop, like, war of attrition style will be enough to to make it through certainly the first round and then take over as patolo starts to tire out i actually think there's some value on todorovic at minus 155 Uh, another parlay piece what you got bud
1: um let me mark that for you uh i like uh i I know they're both raw and make a lot of mistakes but i don't I see. I don't see Alonzo Menifield having the answer to the strength of William Knight, who either like power slams him to the mat, or uh, or lands or lands something big.
0: Nick, I I can't argue with you when you uh, go ahead and take a like a good pick from me, and you make it a loss for yourself. I'm into it. You and I have disagreed about this fight when it was booked. I think twice before. But now that we have more tape to work with, I am confident that Menifield's advantage and manages and technique and just the fact that he has a process to his game. I think that'll win out. Um, Knight is athletic, but he's raw and he hasn't shown much growth. I think Menifield's going to piece him up standing, man. So I disagree okay. with your pick. We'll
1: find out, we'll find out who's correct.
0: Yes, we will. You know what? I like it when we disagree strongly. Nick, it's particularly satisfying for one of us, uh, wh- whoever that ends up being in this case. So, my next pick is going to be. I. Th- I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Gris- to beat Claudio Puelas. Uh, I think Poylis yep. is like a decent grappler and he's like kind of improving, but he's not very athletic. He doesn't have much heart. Once the fight starts going against him, Chris is just going to maybe go through a competitive couple of minutes before he takes over and just puts the shellacking lacking on him. I think there's value at minus 110. And uh, Gritzmiker here, I think like put, you know, put the $110 to win a hundred on him. He's definitely worth the bet. What you got, bud?
1: And then... Yeah, I've got the same one. I like I like I mean he's Chris Macher is just a tenacious fighter. He doesn't really he's, he's not the best fighter in the world, but he doesn't have any any quit and his gas tank is pretty bonkers, right?
0: Yep. You gotta have so, real power to hurt him, it seems like.
1: And that leaves us with only the um flyweight fight?
0: Uh we have Cheyenne Bays and Louis oh, Smoke. I, I
1: thought I thought Cheyenne Bays was off the card. Am I wrong about that? I th-
0: uh doesn't she have a late replacement um I'm sorry, isn't she the late oh, yeah, late yeah, yeah. replacement no, against Mallory
1: it's... Mallory Martin? Yeah, it's, um. She does. She does have a late replacement. Why is why is she showing up is is Cheyenne the I don't list know. List now? Is I'm she, not. I'm not sure. Nick. I'm not sure if she, maybe changed. she got. Maybe I, she got divorced. I don't I mean. I don't know. No clear um,
0: indication that she got divorced, but no recent posts from her about her uh, about uh, um, her husband or ex or whatever the situation is. No pictures. Uh, recently I complete, All
1: right. I uh, I completely forgot about this fight. Mallory Martin, who took. Didn't she get hurt bad by Hannah Cyphers before uh, taking over? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go. This is my pick. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, the sometimes uncouth um, Cheyenne Bies to uh, to take out the short notice Mallory Martin.
0: Yeah, I think you made the right last pick, Nick. I, I agree with you. Uh, Mallory Martin is like decent, but doesn't do well once things really start turning against her. She's not necessarily super technical. She's not super athletic. I think Bay's will be able to strike at a distance and avoid takedowns for the most part. Um, or, I'm sorry, if, if her name is now Vlismas, I'm happy to I'm happy to refer to her that way. Um, so that leaves Luis Smoker versus Vince Morales, Nick. Any opinions on this matchup? Even though neither of us are picking it, since it's the 15th fight, I guess that'll be kind of the replacement uh. if anything falls out.
1: I mean, Morales is in a lot of close fights. Smolka can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory or victory from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> like, so it's you don't you don't quite know what you're going to get. I don't really like to pick Smolka in fights. It's this is really a flip. Um, I guess I'll take Smolka to win a split decision. Would be my guess.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I've got Smolka too. I think like. You know, he looks bad against, like, elite fighters. Morales isn't really elite. I think Smoker has the wrestling to potentially take this down and keep it there for uh, bits of time. So Morales is good offensive striking, but um, not the best ground game. He's not well-rounded enough, in my opinion. Uh, I think as long as Smoker comes in in shape and focused, he'll do well in that matchup uh nikolai anything else to consider not, not really much else to consider on this card um as far as the as far as the mma news out there um <clears throat> we you know we we have some recently booked matchups but have you been hearing about this uh john jones thing with uh winklejohn where he just like goes after him on twitter with a bunch of attacks nah. uh, apparently like john jones basically trains with the same people now that he used to he hasn't been training with winklejohn apparently in a while according to jones and you know the coaches that he used to train with, now he trains with elsewhere. And apparently, Winkle John has been uh, kind of going at them and, t- and putting pressure on him to not train with Jones, so that it's actually a punishment. Um, and that's not working out. Jones recently going out to fight ready, which is like the destination for all like former UFC champions that that are just slightly below par. All of a sudden, it's it's fascinating how many people are going out there to train with uh, Cajucho and the and the gang.
1: Yeah, it's an ugly. It's an ugly business. That's all I can say. And so this is one of those periods. We had that moment at MSG, right, where that card happened, and everyone on the mic sounded really professional and good sportsmanship, and just like a good vibe and energy around the sport. Yeah. But the truth is, is this is a, this is an ugly fucking business, and it has, yes. and it and it's populated by some not great people, because they chose to be cage fighters for a living. No joke, man. <laughs> like
0: no joke it's it's almost like the per, part of the prerequisite to becoming a long standing mma fighter is that you're kind of kind of probably a little bit crazy in so, on some level right um in order to like keep going in there and doing this time after time and then we've seen some of my fighters uh, some mma fighters turn crazier and crazier over the years uh Nicola, i'm quickly going to run through our picks my first pick was brendan allen second i took alex morono third jake matthews my fourth pick was manel cop fifth i took clay guida my sixth pick was dusko todorovic and my last pick was chris grichmiker i might be mispronouncing that um you've got azamat murzakanov you have uh, jimmy crute uh, Brian Barbarina. We disagree on on uh, two fights, actually, on this one. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results of both of those. Uh, you got Brad Riddell. You had Cheyenne Bays. You had I think Jose uh, Rob Font over Jose Aldo. It's another one we disagreed on. Uh, is that everybody, Nick? I think that's... Uh, and, and you also had William so. Knight mistakenly, Nick. Another mistake. What were you thinking? So there's three fights we disagree on. I'm very much looking forward to how that uh, element of the matchup uh, plays out. Nick, uh, another good one in the books. We got the pay-per-view to look forward to next weekend. I hope you're having a wonderful Hanukkah in the Oh, real quick Nick, Belter 272 Pettis versus Horiguchi this weekend. That's a really 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 good bantamweight fight, Nick. Yeah. Between two Totally 2X 2X
1: UFC guys.
0: Yeah, but both who like didn't leave on a losing streak, man. Both left with some success uh, as they kind of uh, trekked on to their next steps. Uh, Nick, as far as uh, the the next UFC pay per view, anything worth like? Is it a spectacular card? Have you looked at it?
1: Um, I don't know that it's. I mean, it's got it's got relevant fights. It's nobody seems to be that excited for Charlie Olives and Dustin Poirier. There's not a lot of hype. You've got. Um, I think I think it should be a big-ish to-
0: fight. But I, I think part of the issue is that uh, people assume that Dustin Poirier will just handle him, and I don't think it's that simple, man.
1: I don't think. Well, it's, I don't think it's that simple either. But yeah, I mean, they. You know, a guy with eight losses against a guy with six losses. Like they, they both been around for a long time. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, there isn't a. You know, there's no dominant. It's a new. It's a new champion, and it got and, and two guys who have really improved. Versus anyone with an aura of dominance or invincibility, we've seen both of them then defe- knocked out, submitted, uh, you know, multiple times, and not that long ago. And then we've got Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena, and no one's going to really care about that. Cody nope, Garbrandt against Kai Kara-France. Okay, if we want. Huh? I mean, it's a good fight, but it's uh, it's you know, it's not um, it's not going to sell any pay-per-views. No, but it's um, a it's got, a
0: quality fight for at least us, you know, uh, fans of the Yeah, sport yeah,
1: sure. yeah. Julian uh, Pavia against Sean O'Malley. Anyone who's got who who has a legit chance of smacking this kid in the fucking head uh, makes me happy.
0: Me too, and I I, li- I like Paiva, even though he's coming up from 125.
1: The fight fans fight though 170 on this card. Santiago Ponzinibbio coming off of that awesome victory he had, um, rebounding from his loss against Joff Neal. Yeah, not that's only not cool. only
0: is that one gonna be super exciting, but the Randy Costa Tony Kelly fight that's gonna be another competitor for fight of the night, man. That those two fights alone are gonna produce a lot of fireworks, man. And then we've got some interesting matchups. Pedro Fifteen Buneos. fights. You
1: got oh, yeah. Josh Emmett back finally, right? Against Dandy, Dan Giga. Yeah. There's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be leather, uh, leather flying. It's been uh, it's been a year and a half almost to the day since we've seen Josh Emmett. Um, we've got uh, Pedro Munoz against Dominic Cruz. That's a real even fight. The return of Ryan Hall um, against Derek Minner. That'll be interesting. And, honestly, the curtain jerker. I don't know if it'll be the prelim. As far as heavyweight fights go, tie to, uh, to against Augustus Kai. Right? Pretty good fight. All right. I'll watch that.
0: Yeah, me too. And so, you know what, Aaron I mean, not, a, not a boring fight. is pretty yeah. good fight as well. So definitely some stuff to look forward.
1: And so, for, I mean, Bruno Silva, Jordan Wright isn't going to be boring.
0: No, uh, actually, I think Bruno, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely not boring. It's actually a very intriguing. auto a great card for hardcore fans, and I think that Dustin Poirier, Amanda Nunez, and Cody Garbrandt, Sean O'Malley, these are like names, right? To some extent or other, these are names, three of them are for chance. so I them highlighting the company. Yeah, I just think we can fight cards a little bit.